0: You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. You know, I want to speak today around something that has been percolating in my spirit for some weeks. And I want to talk along the thought of seeding the supernatural. You might go, you know, our world is in a mess and I go, "Uh uh-huh. We've got anarchy everywhere. Yes, we've lost through north. God doesn't even get a mention in much of society. And uh, yet it was the leading of the Holy Spirit last year, at the beginning of last year, 2019, that I was in a place where we were talking about conference for 2020 and I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you need to name 2020 a year that will be wrapped around the thought of faith is. It's an amazing thing how God knows ahead of time what's coming. And uh, we've been through COVID, we've been stuck at home. We right now might be in a situation where the effects of COVID are all around us or just natural things are happening. But I want to declare that in the time of challenge is a time where we need to understand we've been empowered with seeds that awaken the supernatural. People have even said to me, Paul, you have been carrying for many years this goal of legacy, which is to see us become a church of being able to do more than $20 million worth of community impact every year after this year and yet to do it, we're gonna believe we can pay off our campuses. How will that ever happen now? And I go, don't be surprised. Don't you dare be surprised if you are making a kingdom advancement, you're making decisions that are in line with God's will for your life, how the enemy, he'll always come against you. See, some of us don't realise that when we say, all right, God, we're going to go your way. All right, God, we're going to take your word and we're going to pursue that. And then it's like, wow, I didn't expect all of the pressure to come my way. You're going to understand pressure will come when you say, okay, God, true north is what I'm going for. And of course, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so the enemy wants to target the area of hope and expectation and he wants this to shut down. But I've discovered over many years of serving God that faith is great, but faith requires a catalyst. If you know anything about glue or paint, you can use a paint that's sort of a single pot paint Then there's a paint called two-pot paint. And two-pot paint is, there is a catalyst agent that works with the paint to make it harder, more resilient against abrasion. Same with glue. You can get a single glue, that works good. A two-pot glue will take time to go off. But when it goes off, it goes harder because it's got a catalyst. I think Christianity needs a catalyst. You can have a belief, but you need something more than just a belief to cause the promise of God to come our way. For example, Romans 10:17 says this, for then faith comes by hearing. Hearing is the catalyst. Hearing comes by the word of God. So as we open God's word, as we go to God's word, what happens is we get God's word that creates an opportunity for hearing. Faith comes by Hearing, it's not by sound. It's not by, wow, that was a great message, Pastor Paul. Yeah, but did you hear it? I heard it, but I didn't hear it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's kind of like, wow, that sounded good. And God says, no, it's more than the sound. You've got to hear it. It's going to go from your head and begin to find the depths of your heart. And then you go, wow, I just heard something. That's more than a great message. Because when hearing takes place, listen to this, supernatural authority is released. So it's like, if you can't remember the message from last week, you didn't hear it. Just a sense of guilt in the room right now. It's like, yeah, I was preaching. That makes me feel real good. But we need that heart connection. Are you hearing me? And so even in a message, you're gonna go, God, what are you saying to me? What do I want to take away? I'd rather hear a phrase, take it home with me and let it penetrate who I am because that's what will create an environment where faith will unlock the supernatural. I don't know if you know this, but uh, our church was only four years ago, and uh, four years old brother. and we did the first carols in the park. So we had the first carols in the domain. We had 25,000 people come out, four-year-old church. We had no money. It was just a whole pathway of hearing God and miracles happened. We lost it the next year because a guy called Alan Smythe, I think it was, if my memory's right, was backed by Coca-Cola and we could never come up with a budget. So it went down a different course. And so Carols in the Park, by its nature, without True North, has become a celebration of Christmas without Christ. And I've always said, I think we need to reclaim it somewhere. Then I heard this week that they're not doing Carols in the Park and I'm thinking, uh uh-huh. Now, I'm not saying it's God because we might need half a million dollars to do it, but wouldn't it be amazing to bring what Christ should be in the centre of? And and I'm not saying that is the now Word of God, but if you've got half a million, come and see me or talk to somebody about it. It's kind of like, I'm believing the, the sound, the true sound of Christmas is what I'm saying. It's gonna come back to human hearts. And in your own life, there are so many sounds going on. And there is no better time than in a time of lock, of loss, of lockdown, of limitation, of lack, to be beginning to go back and discovering the power of the seeds that create the supernatural. Jesus said this in Matthew 13 to 31. You wanna understand what the kingdom of heaven is like? It's like a mustard seed. Which a man took and that man, that one, sowed in their field. In fact, the mustard seed is the least of all seeds, very common in his day, the smallest of seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs, becomes a tree so that the birds can nest in its branches. Did you know that you've already got the seeds of the supernatural available to be activated in your life? And Jesus stood back and he says, you've been hearing me teach, but I'm telling you, There are some things that once you understand that some of the most unimpressive things in your life are seeds that could create trees. Not just for your outcome, but you will become someone that can help others. And and literally he was teaching the crowd that we grow by valuing the small and the insignificant. It's like, well, who am I? I don't have much that I can bring. I've stuffed up on my life. You know, the enemy comes all the time to all of us and says, you know what, you're just a mustard seed. You're not like that guy that can do that or that girl can that can do that. You you really got nothing that God could use. Look at your life. You've screwed it up, you've stuffed it up, and the enemy lies to us. You're not enough. And you know what Jesus was saying? You may not feel like enough, but you've got a seed. And that seed can unlock the supernatural. So it's gonna be bigger than what you could ever do for yourself, but you're gonna grow by valuing the small. If you do just a study on Matthew 13, as I just read, you'll also realize that Jesus was teaching them, we live with an investment responsibility. Well, that's where it often changes. I wanna just get it from somebody. I want somebody else's hard work to flow into my life. No, you're gonna take the seed. The man must take the seed and sow it in his field. In other words, I, I can help encourage you, but I can't sow your seed in your field. So I to learn how to do that and say, well, as I'm preaching, it's like, God, what do I need to hear today? Because I, I, I have got a responsibility to invest. What you don't invest in, you don't grow. Well, we believe that the church should be the answer to the world's need, not just spiritually, but physically. I know there's not too many amens here, but I'm stirring you up. We started, I think, with 150 or 200 Christmas boxes last year. We did over 31,000. Was that right, Nick? 30,000. Why wasn't it 31, Nick? (laughs) But how many know if there are 300,000 families or individuals that are struggling, surely somebody needs to come along and say, hey, you're important. Come on, you're important. We're here to help you in your time of need because we're a tree and you can rest in our branches when you haven't been able to build your own tree because nobody told you to take the seed and invest the seed, value the small. And that's that whole thought. We are a foundation for others. You are. God is looking to you. You might say, yeah, but I'm broken, man. I'm stuffed up, man. It's like, no, God's got something in you. You can become a tree. And in your tree, others that don't know what you know are gonna come and find solace. Because once we value and activate the seed, we unlock its potential. It's an amazing thing here in Matthew 13, Jesus teaches, hey, the kingdom's like a mustard seed. Value it, activate it. Come on, protect it. Build a foundation for someone else through it. And then he goes on in the same book, Matthew, but chapter 17, where there's a father with a son who's, has epileptic fits and is also demonized, and the demon will take the son in the fit and try and cause him to jump into a fire and get burnt. And the father's distraught, so he hears that Jesus preaches there is healing for everything. So he takes his boy, his son, to the disciples and says, "Guys, I can't get to Jesus; he's, he's teaching." Would you heal him? The, the disciples try to heal him, and uh, and they can't, and they're confused. So the disciples go to Jesus in verse 19 and privately away from the masses says, why could we not cast this demon out? You know, I I have a sense of urgency and I, I trust you picked this up this morning. We as a church are not seeing the degree of the supernatural that God promised. Maybe you've had a Christian walk for many years but you're not seeing supernatural intervention. Don't hide that, come to Jesus and say, what's wrong? You can have all the seeds, but if you don't learn that, you're gonna have to weed the ground and keep it moist and fertilize it. Then you got the potential, but maybe the same thing keeps on happening. And I'm looking at that and I, as a senior pastor of life, are going, God, we need a breakthrough in the supernatural. When, when, When the world falls apart, the church needs to rise. Jesus is not working. And you know what Jesus says to them? In verse 20, he says it's because of your unbelief. Jesus was not a nice pastor all the time. He just called it like it is. He says, You believe, but you don't believe. You're in church once a month. You come when you're in need, you have a belief, but you've got unbelief. Because I'm telling you, if you had faith just the size of the littlest of seeds, mustard seed, you'd begin to talk differently. What would be coming out of your mouth wouldn't be reaction, it would be response. You, you begin to command authority and say to the mountain, be moved from here and will moved, nothing will be impossible. And just as a side note, guys, he said, you realise that this demon won't come out unless you're in prayer and fasting. So it's not like, well, I can just turn up and do whatever I want. No, you're gonna go deeper to reach further. And literally, your unbelief, you don't have the depth of belief. Mustard seed, you fail to value what seems small and you need to declare God's authority. You don't kind of go, yeah, but what if it doesn't work? What's the point of doing it all? No, it's time to seed the supernatural. And you may ask me and say, Paul, well, you've been a Christian your whole life, you've been in church your whole life. What have you discovered to be some of the seeds of the supernatural? Thank you for asking. The first one might surprise you, but I think the first thing I would say would be, the seeds of the supernatural are a few small or a few smooth stones. I've got in my hand five weathered smooth river stones. In fact, they come from the back of our place, picked them up this morning. And you go, well, what have stones got to do with the supernatural? If you know the Bible a bit, you're going, oh, I know where you're going. There was a teenager called David, and David was somebody that knew God. He was the youngest of eight brothers, and Dad had a mission on him, which was out in the countryside to look after the sheep, and his other brothers kind of were favoured, because they were the older brothers, and all of them, it seems like, were in the Israelite army, so they were at battle. And Dad wants to find out about how the boys are going, so he gets on to David and he says, David, come and see me. I want you to take some bread and some cheese to your brothers because Israel are in the Valley of Elah and they're fighting the Philistine army and I want to get a report back. There was no social media back then. I don't even know if there were pens back then. It's kind of like bring the report back. If you know the context, what had happened is the Philistines were on one hill, the Israelites on the other and there was a valley in the middle and every morning the Philistine giant, his name was? Goliath stood up, he was almost 10 feet tall. Phenomenal beast of a man. And he would echo across the valley, hey, you Israelites, you say God is your God, God is the God, send me a man. We'll play it out in the valley, me against your champion. One-on-one, send me a man. If you beat me, we will be your servants. If you beat me, Uh, Sorry, if I be you, you will be my servant and vice versa. You get the drift. 40 days, he does that. Not one Israelite, not one, stood up and said, all right, you're challenging God. You're not challenging me. So I'm gonna stand on the authority of God. Anyway, David walks in and he hears the the, the giant Goliath. And he goes, what's happening? Why, Why won't somebody go? And so he ends up by literally going, I'll go. You see, there was something about David that was different. David had spent his younger years out in the country looking after his father's sheep. He had a harp and he would worship God and he knew the authority that comes with the presence of God. Not only that, even the king Saul chose David to be his armour bearer because when David played the harp, the presence of God came on the king. So he was a carrier, not just of five smooth stones. No, he was a carrier of something more because as he saw Goliath, he said these words, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Some of you just get in the picture. <laughs> that he should defy the armies of the living God. It's like, Yeah, but Paul, the world's in a mess. Yes, we've lost true north. Yeah, but I don't know what I'm gonna do about my future because I feel very much alone. You've got God. It's like the presence of God can overcome the lion, it can overcome the bear. And so if he can overcome the lion and the bear, the thing is, if you haven't known the presence of God, then whatever you face, you begin to listen to the words of fear. You're not speaking to the mountain, the mountain is speaking to you. And so I've got to take these stones and say, well, what do they represent? So David's basically saying, I'll take him on. His oldest brother says, you're an idiot. Here you are, you little sheep looker after her. Go back to your little wee country. We're here to fight. You've just got arrogance and insolence. You know, the enemy still uses those words over us today. Who the heck do you think you are? Well, I'm a boy from lower Hutt. I used to say to Marie when I married her, she was born in Newcastle. I said, you were born in Newcastle, Australia. Thank God you married me to pick you up. A few years into marriage, she got onto it. She says, so you were born in Lower Hutt? And you're having me on about Newcastle? Yeah, I suppose there's a point I was born in Lower Hutt doesn't even make it to Upper Hutt. But you know what? The enemy's going to be sowing things into you. Some of us come into church, we're online today, and in our heart, we're carrying, well, I can't do this. See, David then finds himself before the king because nobody's volunteering. Listen to what he says to the king, King Saul. Let no man's heart fail you because of this idiot, the giant. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. It's like I'm all in. See, these five smooth stones to me, speak of secret place authority. Not church attendance authority. Not I believe authority. See, David had a whole history of him and God. And he had a well that he would draw from. You don't have smooth stones unless they've been in the river for a whole long time. And so we can turn up to church now and again when we're in trouble. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but it's not enough. You need to be in the river. God's gotta be a part of our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, bad report, good report. God's gotta be a part of who we are. And it's kind of like, no, 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 no. The stones don't have the authority. It's the secret place that has the authority. And so the, the king is saying, you can't do this. You can't do this, David. You're only a boy. Try on an armor. He says, I try it on. It doesn't fit me. It's not what comes around me. It's what's within me. And I know the God that helped me break through. And so I'm going to go on. Because as I said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The, Lord's, the Lord has delivered me from the poor of the lion, the poor of the bear. And he will deliver me from this hand of the Philistine. See, the disciples had to learn they couldn't bring deliverance to this demonic power except by secret place, authority. What's your well look like? Your well is your go-to place. Is your go-to place, God? Or is it the strength of your own arm? Is your go-to place, reaction? Reaction? Or have you gone to the well to discover that, hey, yeah, but Paul, I've just lost my job, my business has just collapsed? It's not the end of the story. There's a well that you can draw from. But there's a cost that comes to that secret place of authority, and that's giving it the focus and the time. Psalm 46, verse 10, the psalmist says, Be still, get away from your distractions. Calm the fear that others have sown into your heart. Because until you're still, you can't know. You can't find the knowledge from the well until all of the other distractions are removed. And by the way, the verse doesn't finish there. It goes on and says, "I, God says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Let Paul Andrew DeYoung make the statement to you today. Don't worry about the future of the church. God's got her. God is longing to bring a shift. When you hear all the negative stuff and all the bits and pieces, surrender it to the strength of the well. Come on, God's got you. He's got your future. He's got your children. He's got the situations that you can understand and the ones that you can't. God has got you. And I think for me, that place is an incredible place. So David walks down to the Philistine, picks up the five stones from the river. He's got his leather sling and he says these words, verse 45, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have now defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand I love that, God and me, and I will strike you and take your flipping head right off you. I wish I was there. I still want to be the person making a movie, a director of that movie right there. And why? Then all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save by sword and by spear, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. Out of my activation of the seed, Are you hearing it? Of secret place authority, trees will be built for others to see. The second thought or seed of the supernatural is is what I would call a little self-raising flower. So not only do we need smooth stones, but we need some flower. I call it self-raising flower because it's got an S. And it gives us the picture that self-raising flower has a whole lot more potential within it. It has the ability to expand what we could never see coming our way. And if you want a story around it, it's Elijah and the widow. When God says to Elijah, who was the prophet, you need to go to Saraphath. And when you go to the city called Saraphath, you'll find a widow by the city gates. And she's going to provide for you. So Elijah goes to the gates. And sure enough, he gets outside the city gates. And there's this widow picking up sticks. And he thinks, oh my gosh, this must be her. So he says to her, would you get me a drink? not sure if it's her. Would you get me a drink? She says, yes, sir. Love to get you a drink. And as she's going to get the water, he says, oh, and a little cake. A date scone would be great. Not too much sugar in it. Still got sweetness. Bring it to me. And she says, oh, you don't understand. You you, you don't know where I'm at. I'm in COVID. I'm in lockdown. I'm in a place of one. I'm in a I, I, it's beyond me right now, you, you, I can get you water, but I've only got a little jar of oil. I've only got a little amount of flour. And so me and my son are gonna make a cake and then we're gonna die. We've, 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 we've come to the point we can't get through this. And do you know what? The man of God says to her, no, you're gonna realize You aren't to fear. In fact, in verse 13, Elijah says to her of 1 Kings 17, do not fear. Go and do what you have said, but please make the cake first, bring it to me, because afterwards you can then make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour will not be used up, nor will the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord Sends rain on the earth. How much do we, come on, put our security in something called a little bit of flour? Why do we still have to learn again and again that our strength is in not the things of this world? That actually God is wanting to take us. Wasn't it Moses? God says, Moses, I'll use you. And Moses, I got nothing there. He says, what's in your hand? Well, it's a stick. I've only got a staff. That's all you need. Samson used to take out the Philistine garrison. How? With the jawbone of an ox. It's kind of like, don't look at yourself. Don't look at your current situation. Say, that's all I've got. I've only got a little bit of flour. So if I lose that, it's all over. God says, no, it's not. It's a seed. It's a seed for the supernatural. You've got to realize that that it's not gonna be you make it for you first. No, why would the man of God ask for the last thing of the woman? Because he was unlocking a seed that could open the door to the supernatural. It was like, if you put God first in your life, if you want a God in a time of hardship, if you say, God, I'm all in, then you're gonna unlock the power of heaven to come upon you and you're gonna be raised up on wings of eagles. You're gonna run and not be weary. You're gonna walk and not faint. You're gonna have the power of God. And I would just say to every Christian that, It's going through tough times. Don't you ever put your strength in five smooth stones or a little bit of flour. But go, no, no, I'll make you the cake. And that unlocked the supernatural supply. So not only did she have her last meal, she could walk into a future. She could take hold of the potential that was in front of her. You say, well, what's the point about a little bit of flour? Self-raising flour to be exact. It speaks of the surrender of human security. We're not going to see a move of the supernatural until we get past our own need to secure it. Five years ago, God said, Paul, I want to take you and Marie in the church on a journey where you're going to do things you, you can't control. And we've seen the greatest five years that we could ever imagine. Supported by people that go, we're in, you're in the boat, we're in the boat as well. But right now, God is asking some of us, you know what? You praise God when your business is going well. You praise God when you get the miracle. What are you like when it doesn't come? Are you prepared to live outside of natural security and unlock the supernatural power of God that can come to you and come through you and build trees that others can find hope? It's like, that's me, God, I need that. Human security is something that we go to so quickly. And I reckon times like this, God is just teaching us, mate. It's not in the arm of flesh. It's in the well supplier. It's in the God that has it all. And the final seed, I would say, what well, or well, how do we seed the supernatural? Is what I call a shout that precedes the dawn. You want the supernatural, then God is gonna ask you, To sing when you don't feel like singing. Well, I just do what I feel, poor you. It's a sad future in front of you if you just live out what you feel. You are to awaken the dawn. You don't wait to see what the dawn will bring, you awaken the dawn. We talked recently about the barren woman who couldn't conceive. What did, what did God say to her? Sing. Cry aloud, awaken the dawn. Come on, more of the children of the desolate womb than the married, productive natural womb. Paul and Silas in prison, they sang at midnight. Enemy's got your song, he's got your life. There's so much fear coming from every quarter. It's like, oh, this and this and this. and The prognosis is often not good, but there's a song that awakens supernatural things. And it's like, you see, you go to that table. I thought I had stones and the flower, but some of us got nothing on the table. It's like, I got nothing. I, I'm really at the end of it. I got, got good news to you that there is a sound. When God said to the Israelites, take Jericho, the city, it's yours. They get there and it's got this huge wall around it. So Joshua cries out, God, how are we going to do this? God says, get everybody to walk around the wall in silence for six days. I wish sometimes God would say that to some Christians. Shut up and keep walking for a while. You say, well, God wouldn't talk like that. I think He would. Why did He want them to stop talking? Because fear was talking. Natural... Ability to work things out was talking. You just keep walking. Why would we walk six times? Why not one time? That's enough, just walk. I want to get rid of all of the noise. So when I get rid of all the other noise, there's gonna come a shout from you. So I love it in verse 20, Joshua 6. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when they heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Come on, some of you, you, you need God. You can't do it. But smooth stones, little bit of flour and a shout, all of a sudden the table gets something on top. I got nothing in the natural, but boy, I got a heart that can declare I'm under the Creator. See, a shout that precedes the dawn speaks of a chain breaking anointing. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.